This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. If God were to send an angel to you right now and tell you exactly what he thought about something you did wrong, how likely would you be to argue with him over his rebukes? Wouldn't the fact that the angel actually came to you and told you exactly what God thought about your sin be enough for you to repent on the spot and begin to change the way you're living? Or would you seek to defend yourself against the almighty, all-knowing God. Well, as we open the book of Malachi, presumably it was not enough for the people of Israel. By the time we get to this book, because this is precisely what happens, they feel the need to defend themselves against the Holy One of Israel. Malachi means my messenger, and God tells them exactly why he is upset. But rather than take that at face value, They actually have the audacity to argue with God over the validity of his assessment of their worship. It is a sobering reminder of the depth of stubbornness lurking in the hearts of humanity. But before we dive in, let me encourage you, if you have not already done so, to watch the introductory video on the book in the One Story Reading Plan. For your convenience, I've linked the video in the show notes for today's episode. Looking at verses 10 through 13 of Malachi chapter 1 as our highlight today. We're covering the first two chapters of Malachi. I wish that one of you would just shut the temple doors so that you would no longer kindle a useless fire on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord of armies, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations. From the rising of the sun to its setting, incense and pure offerings will be presented in my name in every place, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of armies. But you are profaning it when you look and you say, the Lord's table is defiled and its product, its food is contemptible. You also say, look, what a nuisance, and you scorn it says the Lord of armies. You bring stolen, lame, or sick animals. You bring this as an offering. Am I to accept that from your hands? Asks the Lord. The message of the book of Malachi is relatively straightforward. After having been blessed, forgiven, and favored, these people are simply not going to worship God in the way that he has asked them to. No matter how many chances he gives them, they will always revert to these same old patterns, the patterns we read in Nehemiah 13. The root problem in Malachi 1 is their misunderstanding of God's love. Malachi means my messenger, so God sends this message to the people. And that message is, I have loved you. And yet they ask him, how have you loved us? God responds that he has chosen them over their brother Esau. Esau's people, the people of Edom, had been devastated by this time. 
And yet Israel, Jacob's line, has survived and prospered. Nonetheless, these people continue to dishonor and despise God, and their worship shows it. Worship is always a response, reflecting our heart's approach to God. And in chapter 2, we learn that the people are bringing maimed and crippled lambs for their offering. Rather than holding the standards high, though, and refusing to give God the people's leftovers, the priests caved and began to accept the people's half-hearted, apathetic worship. The people were merely going through the motions at this point. And if our worship is half-hearted and indifferent, as was the case here, our sacrifices will reflect that. These people thought very little of their God, for they were bringing him blind, lame, and sick animals for sacrifice. They wouldn't do this for pagan governors, but this is what they are doing for their God, the one that had redeemed them and brought them back into the land not once but twice. They were to bring the best of their flocks and herds, not the leftovers, but their greed caused them to keep what was best and give God what was left. And it was so bad that at one point God says, I just wish you would just shut the doors and stop with the rituals. They mean nothing to me. In 83 years from the temple's dedication in 515, these people had completely fallen away. Less than 100 years. To demonstrate just how egregious their sacrifices were, God tells them, just shut the doors of the temple before you bring any more of these pitiful offerings to me. This scornful rebuke is an outstanding statement when you consider all that God had done to restore these people and this temple. Now less than 100 years removed from its dedication, God wants nothing to do with their sacrifices. God wanted to close up shop because he knew that how they worshipped him reflected his glory. If they worshipped him with all their hearts, with joy and celebration and devotion and obedience, then their worship would testify of his worth and his character and glory in the world. That's why he says, I will be exalted among the nations. But the way that they worshipped him, bringing these uh, maimed sacrifices, the way that they worshipped him, demonstrated that they cared very little about his fame in the nations. If they worship God in a half-hearted, apathetic way with no regard for his standards, living disobedient lives and rejecting his commands, in that case, these offerings said just how much worth God was to them. The way that these people worshipped him mattered, for it demonstrated God's worth to the world around them. Malachi believed that their worship was defaming God's character and his glory. And if this covenant people, whom he chose to love, chapter 1, verse 3, and whom God had redeemed and restored, if they didn't love him with all their hearts, then that says something about the wisdom of God choosing them in the first place. This argument was Malachi's whole point. Now, this is instructive for us, because when it comes to our worship, we have to ask the same thing. Worship is always a response to the worth and the glory of God's character, of who he is, and what he has done in our lives. The worth of our worship is directly linked to what we are willing to sacrifice in observance of that worship. 
These people were so self-centered, greedy, arrogant, and calloused that it never even crossed their minds to offer God a sacrifice that he was worthy of. Instead, they brought him the leftovers, a pitiful excuse for genuine worship. How we worship doesn't say something about us. It says something about him. After all, our devotion, our worship, our obedience, they're all responses to his love for us as sinners. And we have to examine our hearts and ask ourselves, are we worshiping God genuinely in response to how he has blessed us? Or are we half-hearted in our worship, bringing God the leftovers of our lives? Are we unwilling to live in obedience to God's commands? Do we refuse to sacrifice our wants and desires in worshiping him, choosing instead to bring him the kind of worship that he expects and of which he is worthy? Are we glorifying God in the way that we live and the way that we cherish and the way that we give, responding correctly to the way God has treated us? How we worship God says what we think about God and how we think about how God reflects his character. If we fail in these regards, God is so offended by such half-hearted worship, he'd rather us shut the doors than bring this kind of main sacrifice that cost us nothing. It's an insult to his worth and all that he has done for us. So God, help us to worship you genuinely. And may that worship tell the truth about your glory. May the level of sacrifice that we have to bring that worship to you, may it be honoring to who you are and to your character. May the way that we live and the way that we give and the way that we worship, may they all speak rightly of who you are. May our response be correlated to your character so that our worship is a testimony to those around us who don't know you or your goodness or your mercy and your grace. Lord, forgive us when we've brought to you half-hearted worship that cost us nothing. May our hearts rejoice in your faithfulness to us. And may we do that genuinely with all our hearts at every moment as an act of worship. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.